It's no secret. I've had to overcome a lot in my life. And in this interview, I am sharing some of the raw details of uh, my childhood experiences. And if you are listening with other, you know, young um, listeners, I want to just caution you that, you know, we're going into some, you know, deeper, darker terrains. And the reason I share, uh, so just be mindful of that and, um, you know, you might want to pause it or something like that or listen to this when you're on your own. Now, the reason why I share what I share is because I have gone through a lot and it has taught me a lot. I've had to shed a lot of layers of unconscious behaviors, but I, I put myself in the spotlight, so to speak, especially speaking about things that are you know, most people don't want to talk about and society doesn't want to recognize and all of those things. Um, I share these parts and experiences of my life in hopes that it will be able to help and perhaps, you know, provide a little more uh, support for those who have gone through things similar to me or who have people in their lives who have gone through something similar and overall who may just be able to benefit from knowing that there is a way out of the shadow darkness. Darkness in and of itself is not bad. It's important for us to not look at things as, you know, just good and bad, but this kind of shadow darkness and, um, so take a listen. I appreciate you always tuning in. Maybe take some notes. Notice how you feel as you're listening. Notice what questions arise from you. And take good care of yourself. Sending you love. Um, first of all, I just want to, hello, Angela. Welcome everybody here back who was here this morning or if you're if you're new to drop in right now. And especially welcome this beautiful queen here, Veronica Clark. Um, she is just such a deep, um, beautiful sister in my life. We've been on this journey of uh, ISTA several times together and um, she's very inspiring to lots of people. She's a love coach. Um, she specializes in helping women, men and couples bring joy and spark into their lives through eroticism, intimacy and love. So, yeah, she's got lots of magic. And you also have just an exceptional life story. So welcome, Veronica. Ashley, thank you. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> and hi, everybody. Yeah, it's good to see you. And also those of you who are going to be watching later. Hello. Yeah. yeah, thanks for being a part of this. So I just wanted to mention to everybody that while um, Veronica and I are having this conversation, if some questions come up or comments that you're feeling into, anything that comes up, please share it in the chat so that we can be interactive in this conversation. And yeah, we can just deepen our connection and our learning here. So feel open to drop in your thoughts or your, um, or your questions. Mm, yeah, I want to ditto that actually. Um, I think that's super helpful and I'm open also just so you're aware to open to answer any questions or anything like that that come up during this. I am um, a really big advocate of asking 
those unaskable kind of questions or, you know, really being able to drop in and, um, you know, get personal. I'm, I'm comfortable with that in this space. So, yeah. And, Beautiful. and I won't answer anything that I don't feel aligned with either. So <laughs> that's perfect. perfect. Thank you for taking care of yourself. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Veronica. Well, I would love for you to share with us a little bit about your life story and, what got you to where you are? Yeah. Mm. Wow. As soon as you asked that question, I noticed two things in my body. One, my pussies like activated as soon as you said that. And also my breasts, these are like my Shakti titties. (laughs) (laughs) Really, you know, like on par, this is such a beautiful conversation. So, um, my life has really been magical really, really magical and has been, um, in a lot of ways, also a school of like hard knocks and, and difficult. Um, yeah, there's a lot that I can actually say about, about my life. And, um, so I'm going to start, I'm going to start from the middle is where I'm going to start. And in the middle, I would say that, um, in my teenage years, you know, I'd, I'd been very um, like intuitive and psychic and had many, many, many gifts that had come on board when I was really young, um, like seven years old, really came on pretty heavy. And in my teenage years, I had got really lost. I got lost. Somehow I'd, I'd started to um, lose some of that magical quality that helped me to get through a lot of the really difficult things in my life. So in my teenage years, around 17, I'd say specifically, I feel like I really shut down my sexuality. Like I shut down and put like this massive wall around. And part of my, my history prior to that was a lot of sexual abuse and a lot, a lot, a lot of trauma from many different people, many different people from my, um, from, you know, my father and, and people in my home to even strangers and friends of, of, you know, family members and so forth. So it was pretty extensive. So by the time I was 17, I finally realized I was like, nobody gets to have sex with me. Like people don't get to have sex with me without my permission. But what I did was instead of, 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 you know, my form of healing was really shutting it down. And, um, and I was still, I feel like, you know, during that time I was, I went into a dark place. I went into a really, really dark place and I would say that that's also the time where a lot of like my dark feminine energy started to come on board because I was finally able during that time to touch into my darkness and into rage and into hate that I couldn't touch beforehand. So when I look back at those days, when I look back at that and I look at how much like protection I had wrapped around me and how powerful I actually started to feel where I had never felt powerful before because I could never really protect myself I suddenly felt really really powerful and from a very dark place and what I realized now looking back is that that's when Kali started to come in and I did not know I didn't have the language back then I didn't have any of that I didn't have any guidance or anything like that but something started to anchor inside of me that was like 
no. And it was so powerful. Fast forward, coming into adulthood, it didn't serve me. It didn't serve me to have my sexuality shut down. And I didn't know that either until, um, you know, really until like my marriage wasn't working and my relationships around me were really not vivacious and alive. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, I didn't understand that until like I look at things now. So, so yeah, I guess I'm sharing this because it's been, it's been really profound to actually start unraveling, unraveling and actually doing the healing of, of letting my sexuality really flow through me. Um, in a way that didn't feel safe to do before. I wanna pause right there just to like, let you ask some questions because I can share a whole bunch of stuff, but I really would love this to be as relevant also to our group and, and to feel what, what kind of bubbled up in you. What questions came up, Ash? Yeah, so as I was listening to you and feeling into that contraction, and that took place. I think that's such a, a natural thing for, I know that I went through that as well. It's like, how can I be safe? Ugh, you know, nothing. And, and then that, that power that comes from the, the no, of like you're in control of that. And day one for us was really reclaiming our power from where we've output it and not had that consciousness. And, and today was really about kind of welcoming uh, with, uh, our, our kundalini and like tapping into that in a gentle way and powerful way for some yeah. and um and so i'm curious with like that shutdown that you went through what how did you kind of unravel or open that door in a way that felt safe for you yeah so there's a couple of things i want to say about that for one the piece here is that we all have different seasons in our life that we're experiencing different things. And even though that, that shutdown at that time felt like really, really dark. And I labeled it as, as this dark and was, and, and even probably up until like five years ago, looked at that time, like, oh my gosh, I was really weird during that time. And I was really like isolated and I was, you know, behaved in strange ways. No, I was actually in a reclamation process. I was in a reclamation process of being able to call back my power to myself. The thing for, for many of us, you know, women and, and, and girls, you know, and even young men, but specifically speaking about women right now is that we don't, we don't, we're not taught about our rites of passages. And, and so that was a rite of passage for me. I stepped into a new threshold, a new territory of my life. And I had no guide. I had no idea that it was going to happen. I was suddenly upon it. And so when, when, when I look back at the different seasons, I can see the perfection in all of that. You have to go through when something is, when something was stolen from me, my sexuality at such a young age, and I was introduced to sex at six years old, I was introduced to penises at four years old. So this was, this was such a you know, sex and my, my, my experience with sex was, was so, yeah, there's many things about it, but so that was a, that was a part that I had to learn. And I, and I was, and that was part of my experience, part of my history, moving into that 17 year old, 
um, that stage was a reclamation of my power that had been taken from all of those years before. The next phase then was like interesting to to move into somewhat of like a nurturing phase where I became a mother and a wife and still not really knowing I didn't, I still was very unconscious to all of these seasons, right? Still unconscious to these things. Um, but moving into that season of like, here I am again, kind of unprepared and, and ill-equipped. My mother really wasn't in my life at that time because, you know, so I, I didn't have guidance. I didn't have maternal guidance. I was really self-taught in a lot of ways, you know, and um, thankfully had other, you know, women, maybe even on television or, you know, in magazines and those kinds of things to try to get some ideas of how do I be a woman? How do I, how should a, how, you know, those romance books and stuff like that? Like, you know, how do I, how do I be a wife? What's a good wife do? You know, all these, all these things. So it's like, there's this reclamation process. Then I go into a nurturing phase and then there's another shutdown because it's like, there's more conditioning that happens. So it's like oh this, gosh. right? Yeah. The conditioning. Okay. And then what happens? There's another breakdown. There's a breakdown and there's another reclamation of power. And, and I, I'd love to pause there really quick and just yeah. mention that, like how common it, in myself and also the women I've worked with that as mothers, it's hard for a lot of women to feel themselves as mothers and sexual beings. It's like, they go, oh, I'm a mom now. I'm only supposed to show up in this you know, Betty Crocker, whatever way right. here and just only focus and only giving to my children. And I can't be a sensual sexual being because that's not somehow appropriate or okay. And it's, it's very hard and confusing within ourselves and in our relationships. Right. Super. And my, my husband, I, you know, we were actually um, high school sweethearts. Also, I met him when I was 15, but you know, beautiful, beautiful being, but also help to perpetuate that kind of like purity. This is how we are. Like, I'm just a mom. So it's like, sex is very vanilla and, you know, very much like, don't be that, you know, crazy erotic being because that somehow is juxtaposed to being a mother. So, you know, it was, it was just, um, you know, so many of the things that we were taught. And, and I think that, you know, people do the best that they can with what they have. We did the best that we could with what we had. That's all there is to it. We did the, and it couldn't have been any other way than that. Like, that's just the bottom line. And I'm glad to have had that because when, when we feel, when we feel out of alignment, when I was feeling out of alignment and I didn't understand that tiny voice that was telling me that I was out of alignment with myself, with my power, with like who I am beyond all my conditioning, that comes up in these triggers. You know, it comes up in triggers. It comes up in, in us arguing. It comes up in projections and blaming people for our lives and, you know, for things that have happened. So I'm happy to have had all that I've had happen because when it piled up and became too much, that's when I got to break down and really break open. And 
it's like, you know, a battle inside, like the ego's like, this is the, I want to maintain this. This is how I want to be. This is, this is status quo. This is how you're going to be acceptable and loved and everything's going to be okay. And this other part is like, motherfucker, wake up. Like, you know, like, come on, it's time. And, um, and there's this, like this rally, this fight. So there's enough. I was so happy for all that happened because it was through the breakdown and uh, that was a divorce and a massive bankruptcy where you know I'd accumulated you know wealth and assets and all kinds of things like that and then lost it all and it was just a mass it couldn't have happened again any other way except for in this volcanic eruption and and then and then everything fell apart and and then that's when I started my intuition all the things that I shut down really started to come back up. And it felt a little like I was going crazy, like a little bit, because I was like, I don't even think I can handle my job. I was a, you know, I I had a business and I, and I was also a district manager at the time for a bank. Um, And I had 10 banking centers that I was overseeing and five little kids. And five, um, five, five. five, everyone, she has five children. Yeah. Yeah. Five of them. Um, yeah. So from there, from there, I just started seeking out, you know, it, I felt crazy. Like I really did. This was 2008, 2009. And I didn't ever want to take any medication or anything like that. So I never did. And I don't have any, you know, there's no judgment against it. But for me, that wasn't my path for me. But there was something inside of me that was like, I need something else. And I found my way to, to mindfulness and to meditation or to mindfulness meditation and yoga. Again, I'd started yoga in my early twenties, but then I was like terrible because I was awkward and super unbalanced and it showed up. And, um, so that just started me on my path, um, again, and, um, I found Kundalini yoga was actually felt really, really powerful for me because it was like, this makes sense, not here in my mind, it actually makes sense in my body. And my, I started to feel like I was communicating in a different language. It was a language of the spirit, the language of my heart. My body was starting to, you know, come out of this contracted, contracted, hold it all together place. And it was like, I really become a new woman, you know? And, and since then I've become a new woman several times. There's metamorphosis. It's not like that was it. <laughs> I'm no. curious to see what happens next. Who knows? <laughs> but but uh, I, I'd yeah. love to like ask you about that too, because I know in my own experience, when I was married and in the dynamic and trying to hold it all together, in the ways that I thought I was supposed to and should show up and all that, there was this, this layer of frustration and, and anger that I was experiencing that was just under the surface all the time. And, and at the time too, I I felt very repressed uh, sexually. I didn't even really know what that meant, but I knew that I was not really experiencing pleasure or very little of it. And, and it was this very kind of repetitive, very vanilla type of, interaction, uh, sexual interaction with my husband. And it was, it was so boring and actually repulsive to me that, and I didn't really understand. And I thought it was a terrible person for even feeling that way, (laughs) but, um, that, and I, and I really feel like there is this correlation 
when we are underexpressed, when we are not experiencing pleasure and that depth of connection that, and there's this undertone that I think runs through a lot of women of being fucking pissed yeah. <laughs> and angry. And what part of us is pissed? Like what part, what part do you think is the pissed off part? It's, it's the, that's the part that knows the truth of who mm -hmm. we are. Mm -hmm. That's like the part of us that knows that this life is so precious and we don't have a lot of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yes. it's a part of us. that's like, yeah, you need to be pissed off. Yeah. You, need to, you need to get pissed off. And, and, you know, we're going to set all of the conditions up so that you can get pissed off. We're going to set up the repressed marriage and we're going to set up all of the stuff so you can be mad enough to, you know, to break open. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's, that's the rub, right? Like, like that. Yeah, I just like, remember going, this is my one precious life. I know. And I feel like it's wasting away. Not that I wasn't super grateful for a lot of the components, right. but I thought to really want more was somehow selfish somehow like i mean i think that's what we've been told like for our own desires for our own is like selfish and wrong and yet in retrospect of going through that portal that you know we all have our own experience with um the happiness and fulfillment i feel in my life and i'm not saying it's easy <laughs> and there's always there's always things but is so i mean like i felt like i the part of me was dying in yeah. that and i didn't really even get that at the time until i you know got to that breaking point of like i have to i have to walk away here um and, yeah and it is that knowing that something there's something deeper and more and and i had to had to know and i had to explore that i love that you just said that there's this part of you that felt like it was dying and i would say like a part of you was dying and it was likely the the part of you that needed to die it needed, you know, it's like, those are, those are the parts of us that do need to those for me, you know, that I have, I feel like I've held some contradictory beliefs, right? There's like, and, and, and what, and what I understand now is like two things can be true at one time. Yes. And, and if we can be in the middle with that and not have judgment that I should be like this, or I should be happy in this marriage. And I should be just happy with this life that I, that I have, like, this is a blessing and I can pretend like it's amazing and perfect. And I can try to convince myself that like, yeah, everything is really good. Yeah. I've done that too. And that's like, that's not the way that's, that's also not the, that's not the, the, the truth of the way, you know? So how can we hold that? Like, yeah, this is good. And this is a blessing and this is awesome. And I have my kids and all of this and there's more there's like really is more yeah beautiful i just want to share that ivy said or a big catalyst happens to wake you up and give you the opportunity to change fuck mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and it. shelby i feel like when you become a mom it's easy to abandon your own needs definitely definitely it's it's like we're told that again that that's like somehow selfish to like have our own needs and, and our desires. And as we abandon that within ourselves then we start to get out of alignment, as I see, we start to, there's that, dis I mean, I really think that when we when we forget about ourselves and we stop taking care of ourselves and we focus, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot to say about that. A lot of pain can come from that, especially when our kids get older and they, they go, they go to live their lives and we're like, wait, wait. 
Who am I? We've lost ourselves. Who am I? That's right. What's there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hear that from so many women. I don't know who I am anymore. Mm -hmm. I've lost myself. I, I feel like that's actually one of the contradictory beliefs or truths about myself that that I had, because as I mentioned, I have five children. And, and at this time, um, and let's say by the time it was like 2010, I felt like I really needed to, I needed to take care of myself. And so when my husband and I got a divorce, the children went to live with him. And for five years, they lived with him. Oh, wow. And it was a long time. And I felt a lot of judgment. I had judgment for myself. I felt judgment from other people. And, um, and actually it was like 2000, yeah, somewhere around those dates, some for 2014, something like that. Anyways, but I needed that time to repair because the trauma that I experienced was so psychologically damaging and I couldn't actually um, handle most of that when I was growing up because I had to survive it. I mean, it was, you know, I had to survive my day-to-day -day life. So I had to put it somewhere and I didn't deal with those things until, until really like 2009 is when it started coming up. And I had to, I finally was like, I think I have to go get help. Like, I don't understand what's happening. I really did not understand what was happening. I was like, I was, I had, I had adopted this like perfect. I'm like, I'm, everything is amazing. Look at my beautiful home. Look at my beautiful life. Like, look, I'm so put together. This was, I mean, you know, from the outside, it was like this, I've got it together. And I, and I had put a spell on myself so that I could operate in that. And then once everything, you know, hit the fan, I couldn't. So, so I, I had to learn. I was like, okay, in some ways it's like either the, if the, the ship is going to sink, I'm going to take off as much cargo as I can. And let's save that because I don't know if I can even save myself right now. And it was a really big and hard decision because I also had felt very abandoned by my mother. And so it was like, am I repeating patterns? And there may have been parts that had been repeating some, but also I realized that um, I, I, it began my self-love journey and it began my self-healing and my self-forgiveness so that I could actually have the capacity to care and provide and love my children and be able to feel their needs, like feel their feelings and be able to be with them. I had, I didn't know how to be with my own. So I couldn't be with theirs. I had a, we, we had a nanny when they were, when they were growing up also. So it was like, I'd always had a lot of, a lot of help and support. And, and it was like, yeah, because I couldn't be with emotions. I couldn't do that. And I think a lot of mothers, they feel guilty for maybe feeling like they should be able to handle their kids' emotions. They should be able to, it's like all these shoulds. And the truth is, again, we are all doing the best that we can. And until we can actually like look at, look at everything that we have experienced and find as much love and compassion for ourselves and, and forgiveness, and then, and then find ways to actually get the support that we need or ask for the support that we need. And I'm really grateful 
that the husband that was my soul mate for that particular time in my life, that he was equipped to, to provide and take care of our children when I was unable to. What a gift. Wow. Beautiful. And how's that through your own self-love journey, how has that progress gone with your own children? It's, it's amazing. My kids and I are, are so close. It's, it is really incredible. My, we have amazing conversations. We, I, I mean, it's like, you can look at some of our pictures that I posted. Like, yeah, I can't just say, I can say anything, but it's a feeling. It's like seeing us together. It's, it's, it's true. And I had to, I had to shed all of those. This is the way that the mom is. And this is the way that the kids are supposed to be. And you should be seen and not heard. And you should be, you should do this. Like they're people, they're humans. And, and we connect on some really deep less levels. I've actually been able to have a, have a beautiful medicine journey with one of my sons. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, and again, like I truly believe everything had to happen the way that it happened because I wouldn't have been able to have the perspective that I have now. I couldn't talk to my kids the way that they do. I talk to my kids all the time about all their, all the things. And I have a very unique individual relationship with each of them. And it's, yeah, I don't know that I could have had that had, had we not gone through what we went through. And it's not, and again, and it's not like it all happened overnight either. I had like three teenagers at one time. Now my oldest is, you know, she's, they're older and things, but I had three teenagers at one time. And believe me, I was still early in my, in my like kind of recovery process from my, my breakdown. And so it was hard, but all of those things, I felt like just, you know, it's like when you're working your muscles out and your fibers keep tearing and it hurts and it sucks and you cry and you break down and then you come back again. And that's what we've done. And we just keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And it's a tight knit. Nice. So I'm curious to bring it back into the the realm of sexuality and like the healing and the work that you do now. Thank you. Thank you. How, like, how did that help you heal your trauma? Because I had to face the thing that was, that, that felt that was the most difficult for me. I, I, I had to choose that, but I, and I choose it. I chose it in a way that was safe and beautiful for me. Um, after my divorce, I had, um, I met another, I met another man. He um, was just a beautiful man from, from Russia at the time and from Ukraine, actually from Ukraine, but um, nevertheless. So we were together. He was a beautiful, beautiful lover. Um, and I started to experience my, my sex with him was so incredible. And, and sweet and soft and loving. And I would, we would make love and I would literally see, like I would be in a, ra- in a rainforest and I would like see leaves with like dripping, like dripping water and like frogs. Like I was transported to like the different place every time we would make love. It was so beautiful. And I'd never experienced anything like that before. So um, I know that I was able to call in a, a being that was soft enough, you know, and, and loving enough. And so 
during that time, um, you know, I continued to explore Kundalini yoga and breath work and um, yoga. I became a yoga teacher and um, started teaching like meditation. So like all of these things were happening all in one time, like, like in this time frame that we were together. Um, and I felt like I, I guess the main thing is that I had a safe place to be able to do that. You know, I, I was safe. I didn't, I wasn't doing, um, I wasn't like just promiscuous and, and just going out and having a whole bunch of different kinds of, um, relationships or experiences. I was trying to listen to my nervous system and trying to listen to my body and, and so that just kind of started opening up the doors more for me. And so when I started to really start understanding the correlation and how I was feeling and how like my energy and how, um, I don't know, it just, it all started to make, make more sense. It was like everything that I was reading in the textbooks about, about, you know, practicing too much Kundalini yoga and, you know, how you might like get all these kind of, like all this stuff, like really started lining up and making sense in my body. And I was being, I was being sexual. I wasn't just in the act of having sex. My sexual energy had become a big, like it was just, it was with me always. And I started to realize that that's how I was creating. That's how I was attracting. It was, it was almost like it was, it already was happening. And then I became aware, I became more aware. And then I was like, Oh shit. Hmm. Yeah. I think that the path for everybody is going to be different, but yeah. I guess the, the piece that I'm going to say about what I learned during that time is to pay attention to your body and to pay attention expect the signs, expect that, expect the universe to communicate with you through your body and to guide you to your path of being able to explore and expand your sexual energy. It's going to be so unique to everybody and to find safe places, like safe, not just, you know, like safe in here, where does safety feel like from the inside that I can open when your pussy is wet, when you feel alive, like when I, when my pussy's open and when my breasts, when my nipples get hard, that's a way that I know that the universe is also communicating with me in a like creative way. It doesn't mean that I'm going to share my sexuality with somebody like in a physical sense. It means you're on the right track. This feels good. So, so yeah everybody to pay attention to what are the signs that line up and say, yeah, you're in the right direction. Yeah. We override that so often. We mm -hmm. just override, we don't listen to our bodies mm -hmm. and we let our minds just come in or we go into pleasing yeah. uh, people, our partners, and it, it's really damaging. Our body has so much innate intelligence in every moment. And if mm -hmm. we can attune ourselves to listen to it, so I love that, that element of safety that you were talking about. It sounds like your partner allowed you to feel safe because you had kind of shut down mm -hmm. and then you were studying Kundalini yoga and doing all this, all this work and meditation that you were able to open yourself. And I imagine your Kundalini energy, mm -hmm. um, to experience those like 
otherworldly states of orgasm and pleasure and bliss. And, um, and then from there, I imagine it was like incredibly healing for you to even know that that existed. I mean, it was mind blowing. It really, really was. It was really mind blowing. And a couple other quick things. Um, the trauma body doesn't, you know, sometimes it's hard to be in the body and to pay attention to the signs because things are so like wired in a, in this really mixed up and confusing way. And this is, this is why like, it's so important to be able to slow down and go inside so that you can actually start to track your body in a totally different way. And so like for me, um, being able to make love more slowly, being able to move my body more slowly, like was really helpful for me to identify and also not start bypassing like an overriding and going into people pleasing or like, you know, let me be, let me put in this performance and be this really amazing lover. No, eroticism is our natural state. That is our natural resting state. That is not something that we have to perform. It is, it just is. So when we start to ground into our body and can slow down, then our, our eroticism naturally starts to rise up. And all we have to do is just like witness it and allow it, you know, allow the space for it. So, mm -hmm. it's just, yeah. It, yeah, it's magnificent. But, and I do think that in the beginning, because we weren't shown or taught these things, I know that most men learn about sex through porn. Most mm -hmm young women learn about sex through their partners who learn about it through porn. Mm -hmm. So, and that's so performative. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of performance-based low vibrational sex happening, even when you love each other, Sure. because you, most people think that that's just what sexy is. That's what sex is. And mm -hmm. so, um, it's just really, yeah, where we lose that, that authentic, essence of eroticism of that energy within us and just letting it be yeah letting us be in those states well um you know again we're not taught that i'm i'm happy i'm so grateful to see um just variety of ages here on the screen and i know that other people are listening like we need all of us to share our wisdom we need to know that our eroticism is healthy and natural we need to know that and, and it needs to be celebrated and it needs to be protected. Like, like we need to be able to guard it as though, like, cause we are the, the, the holy temple. It is, you know, we, we're holy. These sacred beings, this Kundalini, beautiful sex, sexual sacred energy. And um, I saw one of the questions in there and I want to answer this also, but I want to say this, and this is, this is, this is something that um, could be challenging for some to hear. And this is my truth and doesn't mean that I believe it or want to think other people should believe it either. But I know now that my sexuality and my eroticism is so holy and is so sacred and so divinely inspired. And so those who were so unhealed in that were you know, in my life when I was at a younger age, they knew that. 
and they brought their brokenness to me. And in so many different ways, we are all walking each other home. And those in my life who violated me on, on so many different levels were really, were really, really separated from the sacredness of their sexuality and did not understand it. And did not understand the preciousness of eroticism or sexuality. And, um, and that's, that's unfortunate. And I, I really do hope that with this work and these things that, we, that we're talking about and this more awareness of, of how precious we are and how powerful it is, that we can start to, to bring more awareness um, to those who are ashamed of their sexuality, who, um, who reject it, who don't understand it, who don't understand how to use it, because that's how these sexual traumas and sexual abuse and violation, that's the shadow of sexuality, is when it has to be taken and stolen because people don't realize that, they don't realize that they also have this preciousness within them, that they don't have to still or pillage the temple, that they are the temple. And until people really start to, to understand that and feel that and know that, people who are wounded, will continue to try to find unconscious ways to heal their own woundedness. And they will take and they will steal and they will pillage and rape. And it really does come from a very unconscious, dark wound and separation from love and their understanding of eroticism. So, Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for saying this. This is so vital and important, and I think why you and I do this work. Absolutely. I want to answer the question that was asked of me yeah. um, in the chat. Yes, I did have orgasms when I was younger, and I was um, very sexually stimulated and aroused and would get very horny at a really young age, and I didn't know what to do with that either. I was very aroused. And that is very confusing. It could be a really, really confusing and um, damaging, damaging to the psyche. What's wrong with me? What's, you know, it's dirty, it's disgusting. It's all of these things, right? Um, the body is designed to receive pleasure and enjoy pleasure. And I can now look back and say, there was nothing wrong with me. There was nothing wrong with me. This is my body was working just as it was designed to work. It was doing that. And the conditions wasn't okay in any way at all. It wasn't okay. Um, but, but, I, but I can now uncouple, and, and, and it's not like it's all complete. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not like all of a sudden, like... Uh, you know, I'm just in this awakened state and I'm never triggered by the past things that have happened. That's not true. That's not true at all. Those things are never going to go away. Those, those things will never not have happened. They just don't get to run my life and they sure in the hell don't get to keep my sexuality in prison or locked up. And so, oh. 
<laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, I did. I did. <sighs> what you were just speaking to before um, about the dysfunction with sexuality and you know people taking who are at separated from love who don't understand that sacredness in themselves. Um, an aha that I shared in the session today that I had in my own healing journey was that those people who violated and hurt me just wanted love so much and they didn't know how to get it or receive it or that they were that. And so they would take it or try to experience that, mm -hmm. not, not having that awareness. That's right. And there was something deep in my understanding that that allowed me to um, forgive. Mm -hmm. Not that it made it okay, but it allowed me to, what you were just saying, not be run or ruled by it and not hold my sexuality captive in those experiences. Yeah. And to have compassion mm -hmm. for that dysfunction. <laughs> not, yeah. that, not that it's, and, and to also have passion to, to help foster change and shift in the dysfunction that we all live in and live with. That's right. Well, and that's the whole thing, you know, having compassion doesn't mean that we condone the behavior. Yeah, no. You know, it's like, it's a two to totally different things. There's, there's compassion, which is, you know, yes, that, but that's like, that's a spiritual right piece here. And then the justice here lives on this earth realm. And that's that, that's the Kali. Like, no, I will cut your head off in love because it's unjust and the, and my state goes down. No, you don't, you don't get to, you don't get to go there. You know, those are two different things. And I think that can be really difficult for, for some people to, um, you know, to understand, but, you know, in time, as we all start to understand what that means to really be connected to love and what it means to be disconnected to, from love and, and how all of these things even play into sexual trauma and, and healing our past and being able to stop living living and being driven by the past things that have happened to us, um, we understand the difference between compassion and justice. Yeah, absolutely. I wanna check in, Ivy, you said calling question mark. Oh, Kali. Oh, Kali. Okay, mm -hmm. I was like, wanna speak into Kali? Questions. Yeah, um, yeah, sure, I love Kali. Kali is often, um, Kali is the other side, the, the other face of Durga, right? And um, she's a powerful, powerful Hindu goddess. Um, she's got like these, yeah, she's just usually depicted as this very dark, scary, like black or blue goddess with like blood and scary teeth and cut off like heads that she's holding and, you know, cut off arms. There's there we go. Sterling. There we go. Thank you, Sterling. Yeah. That's a pretty nice depiction of her, actually. It is actually a pretty one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but she's like stands for justice and balance. And she, you know, she's known for like cutting off your head. Cut off your head. Be, you know, done. When you're out of balance, when you're out of alignment, when things are out, like done, off with your head. And she will cut off her own head. She will cut off her own head if she is you know, out of, um, you know, out of alignment, out of, you know, out of integrity. I like to think of this, like the three faces also of, of 
of God, right? Which is creator, preserver, and destroyer. Like we have to destroy. And she represents that. She is like, it is essential and is a part of uh, uh, this experience to destroy. We have to destroy so that we can create again. And so that's really what she represents. I love me some Kali. And we, and we all, you know, you know, as needed, it's, it's, a, it's beautiful to have, um, to have that goddess also, you know, we have all kinds of other Lakshmi and all kinds of other goddesses. Um, it's important for us to have that balance so that we can also see that we're not just supposed to be in one, one particular degree of being, that we are the full spectrum and that the goddess has many, many, many faces and do not fuck with her because she will, you know, be any one of those at any given time. So, yeah, I, I love what we're speaking into that what you're speaking into right now, that the dissension is just as fucking important as the ascension. And we talk yes. about ascension, ascension, going, rising and, and, and like the dissension going down, going into the down, going into our, um, that ref, that deep reflection of looking mm -hmm. at our shadow and seeing how we function um and why and how and owning that is is imperative as well so huge if you look at even if you look at all kinds of even like religious texts or mythology i mean you, you think about like inanna's descent into the underworld she was queen of heaven queen of earth and then she went down into the underworld and she goes through the gate so that she could you know save herself you know from the underground and you think about like jesus going down into hell like there's so many symbols and signs that tell us we have to descend. We have to go into the darkness. We must, we must go into the darkness so that we can bring ourselves back out. And in the darkness, there's all kinds of things. Sometimes, yes, yeah, sometimes it is the darkness of the womb and it is a time for rebirthing. You know, it's like bringing something. And sometimes there's things that just need to die. And it is the darkness of that. Um, but we have to do both. And I don't think that's really celebrated as much. And I have to just uh, kind of laugh, but for, for a little while, um, I was like, why am I the one to do the grief rituals and do all this dark stuff? Like, why am I the one that's always like emotionally releasing and doing all the dark stuff? Like, I want to do the light rainbow stuff. Like, I want to do the little... <laughs> I just like, oh my God, you know, how dare I? But yeah, it's amazing. Like we need that. And like, I I'm just laugh at myself at how I kind of bought that as well. And, and that's just, there's, there's both. And they're both really beautiful. And they're both so necessary because that's what anchors us. It's the roots that keep us here. That's connected like the trees, the, the roots of the trees keep us down and anchor us so that we're not trying to float away, so that we want to live here on this planet, so we want to say yes to our life. No, we're always and living from those years. from those roots of the trees. It's like that's where the nutrients come from to yes. give us life. Like the down, the dissension is is important, and I also think that's where we can get like our humbleness. Yes, and you know, and not just be all high and mighty. Like that's right. We are. We are the dirt we are we shit we bleed we do all the things we're not just you know and to, to be able to own that it's it's both it's it's both really important i love that you just said that like we shit we bleed we do all that and i'm just 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 quickly digress but you know I was, I was leading a retreat once in costa rica and i was talking about i was like you know 
honor your sacred shit. Don't wipe your ass so fast. And like, I just want to flush it down the toilet and be done with it. I mean, you know, like wipe yourself and like, thank you. Bye. Be done. You know, you don't sit there and meditate with it, but you don't have to also just try to get rid of it so quickly that you are like, this is, this is, you know, disgusting, or this is this. No, thank you, body. Thank you that you work so well. Thank you. I get to release, you know, like everything is sacred. We're, we're, we're sacred beings. So yeah, it's just a little yeah. piece there. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. We're, we're getting to the end of the time. So is there anything else that's like really alive? I mean, I do want to give you time to tell people about what you do and, you know, to give them how to get in touch with you, but is there anything else that's kind of alive that you want to share in the context of this, of your life or this communication, this conversation that we've had? What's coming up right now is just a reminder to, to just go slow, just be softer, be soft in the way you take the dishes out of the dishwasher and put them in the cabinets. Go slow in the way that you wash your body. Just slow down, just slow down and just give yourself space. Mm. Thank you for that. That just allowed me to take this like deep, slow breath. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Veronica. How can people get in touch with you? How can they learn more and follow you? Follow me. So if you go to my website, veronicalynclark.com, that has all of the, the different ways that you can get in contact with me, veronicalynclark.com. And um, I'm on Insight Timer. So if you'd like to meditate with me, you could follow me also on Insight Timer. I'm on Instagram, Veronica L. Clark. I also have a podcast called Liberate Your Orgasm, which was, um, you know, really stems from liberating my orgasm from, from my past traumas. Um, and that's on Spotify and um, Apple iTunes and, and all the different different ways that podcasts come about. Um, so yeah, that's the way. And let's see, I, I have a body temple. It's a sensuality training for women. And it really is about learning how to come back home to your body, the sacred, holy temple of your body. We do a lot of beautiful um, work related to sensuality, touch, um, just a lot of sensate focus. And it's a, it's a whole weekend immersion. So that's like um, in May, that's coming up. I don't have the calendar right in front of me, but it's, it's like the second, third week of May, I think it is. Second week of May, anyhow. So that's coming up, that's on my website. Thank you so much, Veronica, for giving us your time, for sharing your raw stories with us, for your honesty, for the work that you do for all those children that you have brought into the planet. They're absolutely amazing and beautiful. So thank you and for continuing to do the work. Yeah, it's my pleasure. All right, everyone. Thank you, thank you.